Hello, O'Brien. Hello, Murphy. Yeah. Well, hang on, am I O'Brien or are you Murphy? Does it really matter? Oh, who cares? Let's just get in this limo. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Big Will Bass for another episode. Episode 27 Seven. overall, yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. Man, 27 episodes. I know. Yeah. Every uh, yeah, every episode feels good. It, it feels does. Feels better than the last. Yes, and something a bit different. You're probably wondering, wow, Stephen sounds so vocal and audible. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not doing Skype now. We're no. uh, back in the studio together. We well, are. Yes. We are the infamous Bidwabask studio. It is. Not really infamous, but, you know, why not? Yeah, it's there's only a, been like a, us in here. Yeah, there's know? a puffy shirt and a rocket pen yeah. and um, space pen. I've got some stickers at home that I still need to bring in. Yeah. I put them up on Instagram maybe three or four months ago. You sure did. Yeah, and they're still uh, in my room somewhere. <laughs> you got to bring them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Actually, I think the only other people who have been in here are your parents. Yeah, they when they recorded. One. Yeah, yeah, we recorded with them for episode ten. That's all right. All right that was yeah, really yeah. fun. That was fun. Yeah. yeah, I've actually got a friend from Brisbane who's moving down to Melbourne in mid-November, and I said uh, she should jump on because she's a massive Seinfeld fan. Yeah, yeah, she would make an awesome guest. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're listening, hello. What's yeah. her name? Uh, Stacy. Stacy. Stacy, yeah. be on the show, and uh, you might have to share one of our mics. But yeah, that's all right. That's fine. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But anyway, in case you're wondering, O'Brien and Murphy. No, that's not your names. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. Yes, and we are talking about the today season three episode 19 and the one that i've been looking forward to doing uh, Stephen chose this one so uh it's uh, a good one yeah definitely a classic and one of my favorites one of my most memorable episodes it was actually much better than i thought it was like i watched it a long time ago and i watched it again a couple of times today and i thought wow this is a really good episode it's quite solid yeah really well written yeah uh they they get a lot out of a limo Oh. You know, and two two thirds of it, three quarters of it are in a limo. Yeah. Is in a limo, and um, they do pretty well considering the space. Yeah, I love George when he's trying to call his mum, saying, "Oh, I'm in a limo, ma." Yeah. What does it matter? He's trying to like. I bet. I bet his mum's probably saying, "How'd you get in a limo?" Blah blah blah. Yeah. That's it. You know, I'm not telling you anything. You can almost imagine her voice at the end. Yeah. Uh, on the other end of yeah. the phone. George. Yeah. What are you doing in a limo? What are you doing in a limo? No, no one died. No, no one died. <laughs> Straight to the negativity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who died? You must. And why would he be in a limo if someone died? Like, I know. That, what What has death got to do with limos? A hearse, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say she probably limo? she probably what? mistook it for a hearse. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> know. It. I think she just goes straight to negative town. Yeah, exactly. He could have said anything, and she would have assumed that someone died. Yeah. If you want to let us know how we're doing, or just say hi, bidwabaspodcast at gmail dot com is our email address. Yeah, and we uh, have a social media presence as well. Our handle is at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Yeah. Uh, we've got a website too, bidwabask.com. You can stream all of our episodes on there. Um, yeah, so get in touch. Listen on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Yes. Uh, we're available on pretty much every service that you can think of. And uh, if you want to review us, that'd be awesome. And spread the word and subscribe. That would be amazing. That would be fantastic. The more love we get, the better. Indeed. Yeah, so we're always looking at ways of improving the show. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, anything you want to tell us, tell us. Yeah. And you're probably wondering as well, because I assume you've subscribed, you've probably got your latest downloads and you thought, hang on, why have, do I have two files this week? Well, funnily enough... Yeah, we decided to add a little bonus episode this week uh, because uh, pretty well, it's pretty well known that uh, Jerry before Seinfeld came out about two weeks ago. I yeah, think, on the 19th of September. That's right, yep. yeah. 
Um, and we both watched it through the week and uh, we decided to do a little review. Yes, and that's all we'll be doing. So it's I think it'll be about what, a 10, 15-minute file. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so have a listen and uh, we'll give you our opinion. If you liked Jerry before Seinfeld or want to give your opinion on it, let us know. Yeah, leave some comments, have a chat to us on social media. Yeah, we're hoping to do more of these kind of bonus film reviews, you know? If something Seinfeld-related comes up or maybe something from some of the uh, the cast, you know, if something happens, we could probably do a bit of a yeah, review maybe, or Yeah, maybe analysis. we could do like, you know, DVD extras or cutscenes or something like that. Just extra stuff outside of yeah. the episodes that we normally do. And uh, maybe that tour documentary that uh, Jerry did in 2002? Yeah, I think right. He did. Yep. Have you heard about that? You t- actually, I think you mentioned in uh, Seinfeld News. I think it was the other comedian. Wasn't he mentoring like a young comedian? Yeah, that was yeah that he one? took him out on the road. That's right. Was, yeah, it yeah. was sort of an expose on yeah. how the, this young comedian dealt with just like failing... Uh, you know, playing to massive crowds that were all there to see Jerry. Yeah. Something like that. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah. If, yeah. if you have any ideas about uh, extra stuff we should do, get in touch. That'd yeah. be awesome. Please. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. All right. Seinfeld News. Here we go. So, yeah, a lot of Seinfeld news to get through today. Uh, six things in total. Uh, number one, uh, not really newsy, but uh, if you dig around, there's quite a lot of articles and reviews about Jerry before Seinfeld. And uh, like we mentioned just before, we'll be doing our little review um, as a B podcast to this episode. Um, we won't really go into the reviews for Seinfeld news because there's no real point. Uh, but overall, they were pretty positive. Most people thought it was, you know, a pretty good, uh, pretty good special. Yeah. Um, a good mix of footage from uh, him growing up and uh, his old, uh, I guess, comedic um, start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, intercut with uh, the, the the set that he did at the comic strip. So, yeah, pretty good. There's some good reviews there too. Yeah, we won't say too much, but like we said just before, if you listen to our B podcast, we give a little review. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, so the second bit, uh, this was pretty cool actually. So uh, sometime recently, I didn't really find out when. Um, I just saw this article briefly. Yeah, sometime recently, nine comedy writers put all of season three of Seinfeld's script, so including the limo as well, which is what we're doing for this episode, into uh, a machine learning predictive text program. Right. And what it did is basically it took all of the words from those scripts and it spat out a completely nonsensical and random three-page script for an episode. <laughs> um, and it, if you, you can actually look at it. It's actually got like a script layout, you know, like the scene setting and yeah. like who's speaking and, yep. and all that sort of stuff. And, and what, what examples do you have? Yeah, so a couple <laughs> of the highlights that I thought were great. Uh, there's one sentence uh, that apparently is said by Kramer according to this pretty crappy AI. Hey, 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 great idea for a big sponge. Make it so large you think it's got a clock in the middle. <laughs> so obviously the big sponge is uh, from... The, the, the sponge. The sponge. I think season seven? Yeah. Yeah, there yeah it's one of the latest seasons. Oh, yeah. hang on. No, this is just season three. Oh. So these are all season three references. Oh, of course. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah, I was going to say the sponge is like later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And another another line from George. I'm kind of like the captain of hygiene. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like Jerry. Yeah, it does, actually. <laughs> he is actually the captain of hygiene. Oh, he sure is. Super <laughs> over-hygiene. Indeed. Yeah. He's the admiral of, ha- of, uh, of hygiene. <laughs> he sure is. He's the governor general. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's the commander-in-chief, if yeah. you're from the US. <laughs> the president. Yeah. The head of the UN. The top dog. I just got to tell you, from the, we're, the, we're the cleanest in the world. The cleanest. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. You gotta, it's great. You've got to believe it. Bad, rating, bad ratings. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the third bit of news is uh, through the week it was announced that Jerry Seinfeld will appear 
this Friday. We're recording this on September 25 yes. uh, in Australia. That's right. So it's a Monday. That's it. So this Friday, September 29, Jerry will be making an appearance on uh, Steve Colbert's new uh, Late Show. Oh, great. Obviously promoting uh, Jerry before Seinfeld. Of course. Um, and he's still got a bunch of tour dates in America, so he's probably going to plug those as well. Um, and apparently he's going to be the only guest on that episode. That's why I thought it was noteworthy. Ah, um, there you go. Yeah, usually it's just like a 10 or 15 minute spot, um, you know, two or three guests. But he was the only guest listed. So yeah. I'm assuming he's taking up the whole episode. His own special show. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to check it out if I can. Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, another Jerry interview related thing. This seems to be a bit of a theme here. So <laughs> um, last Wednesday, which was September 20, I believe. Uh, I Jerry, so. Yeah, Jerry was on a guy named Rich, uh, Rich Eisen's radio show. Yeah. Um, and he actually talked about um, Steinbrenner, the, the real George Steinbrenner. Oh, the real. Is he yeah. still around? Uh, no, no. Um, he, he, he was talking about uh, when Seinfeld was being filmed. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And apparently George uh, Steinbrenner was actually um, auditioned for an episode. Um, and they had to tell him that he wasn't able to come back because he was very unfunny. I think I read that somewhere. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And uh, basically, according to Jerry, he stunk. Um, <laughs> and uh, Larry David had to actually call him and tell him that. You're, <laughs> he stunk. You're, 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 you, you, you suck and uh, you're, you're not going to you, be on the show. And you stink. And I'm going to voice you. <laughs> yeah. And we're just going to get some random actor to sort of like... Move your head around yeah, yeah. <laughs> violently. What is what is getting from the back? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pointing and you know flailing his arms. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, Steinbrenner. He's very hungry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, George. Oh, I got got myself a sandwich. Ooh, yeah. Wow, ham and cheese. <laughs> Not again. I told her no more ham and cheese. <laughs> to quote Jerry um, in this interview, uh, he said he actually did a scene in the show and it was terrible. We couldn't use it. We cut him out. He wasn't funny. I don't remember exactly what went wrong with it, but it was quite an awkward situation. Uh, and yeah, as Seinfeld recollected, Larry David, um, who had actually booked the real Steinbrenner for the show, thinking that it would work out, yeah. um, made him call him and tell him that uh, yeah, he wasn't able to come back <laughs> no, because yeah, of his bad shitty news. comedic performance. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Poor guy. I mean, it kind of worked out well because Larry David as a Steinbrenner is just amazing. Yeah, and yeah, he's good. And also the guy, what's his name? Uh, someone Bear? I can't remember the actor's name. The actor's name, yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah it, just, it just goes really well. And yeah. Larry David does the perfect. Yeah. I, I love when, when Larry left the show for season eight, eight and nine, he still mm. did the voice. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was good. Yeah, I'm Steinbrenner. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Good. he probably could have just recorded that anywhere and sent probably. it in. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so, still on Jerry before Seinfeld, there seems to be again a bit of a theme here. So, yeah, like I said, we shouldn't say too much. That'll spoil our uh, second episode. No, no, no. So this isn't about the special. It's about the promotion for the special. So right. last week we talked about an advertising campaign that Netflix put out, and the title of the campaign was "Netflix is a Joke," mm-hmm. and uh, it started from a, a, a bunch of sort of random um, billboards that appeared in New York and LA, um, you know, a bit of viral marketing. Yeah. When uh, Jerry Before Seinfeld was released, um, uh, sorry, actually at the Emmys, um, it sort of revealed itself what it was and it it had a bunch of well-known Netflix shows um, with sort of surprise guest appearances from well-known comedians who have Netflix specials. Yeah. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. uh, A couple of others. Ellen DeGeneres and Chris Rock. We actually put that on our Facebook page. We did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. So go check that out. Um, and there was actually a second Jerry Seinfeld scene. So um, if you've watched uh, House of Cards, 
there's a really well-known sort of scene that they use in all of their promos of uh, Francis and Claire. They're the president That's and first right. lady yep. sitting in the White House sort of looking at each other in this dark, dimly lit room and it looks really sort of menacing. Um, and they've actually... It, Jerry doesn't physically appear in that scene. They've just taken old stand-up footage of him and sort of like... It looks... I think it deliberately looks bad. Like yeah, they sort yeah. of put it just superimposed super on top. Superimposed it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and uh, Francis and Claire are just sort of sitting there still. Like it's just a still shot. And Jerry's doing this stand-up routine, but he's making a joke about how they're not responding. And he's like, oh, oh tough crowd, tough <laughs> yeah. crowd. Yeah, and it's just like a cool little, you know, promo thing for, um, yeah, for, for Netflix comedy specials that are all coming out nice. in the next few weeks. And um, the final bit of Seinfeld News, and it does actually have a, a sense of finality to it in a way. Um, <laughs> in an, Again, in a recent interview with uh, Entertainment Tonight this time, uh, he was asked by the interviewer... This whether, is Jerry, yeah? This is Jerry, yeah. Yep. Whether, um, you know, like in the spirit of like reboots and reunions like Roseanne and Will and Grace. Yes. Um, you know, whether... And because Seinfeld and sort of, uh, you know, the show and him and all the other characters and I guess on the back of Veep as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it seems to be sort of like re... Like it seems to have reinserted itself back into, I guess, the cultural pop culture. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, and especially with podcasts like ours. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we're bringing it back. We're doing our bit. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Um, basically, the interviewer asked, you know, would you ever consider a reunion? And he flat out said no. Um, his response, and I quote, was, "Why?" And he basically said, "Maybe it's nice that you continue to love it instead of us tampering with something that went pretty well." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Jerry's a very superstitious guy. Apparently, he wanted to end on season nine because nine was a lucky number, wasn't it? Uh, I've heard something, something about that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah something along the lines of that. Yeah. But they've already done a Seinfeld reunion. If you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm season seven, they've done the episode. Yeah, but know? not just a character reunion. They actually meant like a show Like reunion. a full series. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I'm, don't think I'm sort of, like, it, it sounds enticing, but at the same time, I like mm. it when things just remain untouched. Exactly, because a lot of the jokes as well, you know, when, when it came out in the 90s, there was no social media, no phones, and a lot of the jokes worked. You yeah, know, these days if you try and re- recycling some of the jokes, you yeah. know, with technology, it just won't work. It'd be like, why don't you just text him and see where he is, or yeah, you know, yeah, that's it. You know, yeah. I mean, there is that Twitter account actually. I can't remember what it's called, but it sort of it, it makes up storylines. Seinfeld in the twenty first century. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's probably enough. That's enough, I think. It's yeah. just memes. Yeah. yeah, that'll do. Yep, and that's all the Seinfeld news this week. Excellent. Stay tuned. We'll be talking about Season 3, Episode 19, The Limo and the Secondary Characters. A bit of a controversial episode in terms of the content, but nonetheless, a pretty good one. Stay with us. You're listening to... But I don't want to be a secondary character. This is incredible. This is one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life. I'm going to call my mother. What's what? Oh, I'm in a limo. Hello, Mark. It's me. Guess where I am? In the back of a limo. Now nobody died. It's a long story, I can't tell you now. Because I can't. I said I can't. If I could, I would. Would you stop it? Uh, no. I'm getting off. No, I'm not telling you. How's this? I'm never telling you. I don't care. No. Fine. Never. And welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character, a Seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of our much-beloved television show, Seinfeld. And uh, so far, we've gone through a bit of Seinfeld news. Yeah, about six yeah. bits of content. Yeah, mostly yeah. about Jerry before Seinfeld. Yes, I know. Which, if you listen to the next episode that we have, well, we actually 
as well as downloading this one, there's actually a little snippet of additional content which you'll have as well. It's actually our review of Jerry Before Seinfeld. Yeah, so have a listen and uh, get in touch with us if you want to tell us what you thought about Jerry Before Seinfeld or what you thought about what we thought about Jerry Before Seinfeld. Or what we thought, what you thought, what we thought. Uh, no, that's just too much. Oh, Settle down. Settle down. Jeez. <laughs> Always biting off more than you can chew. Oh, that's life, isn't it, mate? That's yeah. how we're supposed to live. That's it. You've got to stretch yourself. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so Ivan's going to take you through a bit of a synopsis about this week's episode, which is The Limo. Yes, Season 3, Episode 19. First aired in the US on February 26th, 1992, directed by Tom Sharone. So the story was created by Mark Jaff, and the teleplay was written by Larry Charles. So uh, Larry didn't, you know, he didn't come up with the story and write it. Okay. He actually came up with the teleplay. Right. Yes. What's a teleplay? The teleplay, I guess, like the script. Oh. Yeah, but the story itself was made by Mark Jaff. Okay, so he... He, he came just, up with the concept. He came up with the, the idea. Yeah, the idea. And yeah. then it was written by Larry. Yeah, right, that's right. Gotcha. Yeah, he put it to script, yeah. Okay, gotcha. So Jerry flies in from Chicago and George arrives to take him home. George's car's broken down on the freeway and they try to find another way to get home. Jerry points at a limousine chauffeur, played by Jeremy Roberts, with a sign for someone named O'Brien. George decides to pose as O'Brien, or is it Murphy, or is it O'Brien, is it Murphy, who cares, <laughs> while Jerry makes up the name Dylan Murphy, and they jump in the limo to go home. I love in, uh, in, in that scene when they're you know, deliberating on whether they should actually do it, it's one of those rare moments where George is actually smarter than Jerry, because yeah, yeah. Jerry's worried about, you know, what if he knows O'Brien, and George straight away just goes, what, he doesn't know O'Brien, if he knew O'Brien, he wouldn't have a sign, yeah. straight away, he's on, like he's, he's onto it. But even in the earlier seasons, like George is very full of wisdom, like even in episode one you know how they talk about you know you know yeah, the pilot sort of, episode he talks yeah. about how like to greet someone and he's yeah, got a he's, down pat. he's sort of like guiding jerry yeah. about what what the interactions mean and stuff and yeah jerry's sort of leaning on him the whole episode but then he yeah. just gets more and more hopeless as time goes as time on. goes on yeah and then <laughs> this is and, probably one of his last moments of you know of like clarity and common sense and you know some sort of intelligence yeah uh, and a good point i want to make as well before i get to the rest of the plot kramer yeah. and elaine you know how they're waiting on the street corner for them yeah kramer says you know how he thinks jerry's a cia agent <laughs> And then George, he goes, George can't be like this. No normal person can be like him. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Just in your case in point. Just, yeah, just going back to what you said. Yeah. Yeah, I, think that's, I think that's, you know, we'll get to it in a bit, but I think that's one of the first times you see uh, Kramer going into full conspiracy theory mode. Yeah, it's the yeah. alternative media. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he was actually the first guy to talk about alternative media. Yeah. Like Breitbart and all that stuff. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was a pioneer. He was back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the limo driver's heading to Madison Square Garden with four tickets, and the guys believe that they're going to the ba- basketball game that night. Bulls versus Knicks. Michael uh, Jordan. Michael Jordan, oh my God. Jerry calls Elaine and tells her to wait with Kramer on the street corner so they can go to the game. After the call, the chauffeur stops to pick up two more people, Tim, played by Peter Kraus, and Eva, Suzanne Schneider, who are devoted fans of O'Brien's work. It's revealed that a Brian is the head of a regional chapter of the Aryan Union. Oh, good. I love, I love how it's how it cuts because you don't really know who O'Brien is if this is the first time you've seen the episode. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then it cuts back to the limo, and George is halfway through the speech, and he's like, "And the white man, uh, what is it? And the Jews, no, and are the stealing Jews our, are stealing, stealing all our money, and, and the, the black, black man's man being is, used to sell drugs. Yeah, to our uh, oppressed white minority. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. just Jerry's reaction of like, oh. 
bullshit. Yeah, yeah and, I know. I mean, he's a Jew as well. Yeah, like, I know. He's, he's just like, like, you're not going to open with that, are you? Yeah. And yeah. I love how Kramer suspects that he's a Nazi. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, how can Jerry be a Nazi? Yeah. yeah he's Jewish. Just because he's neat. That's really his Yeah, that's because he's clean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kramer just goes through all these conspiracies. He's an yeah. agent. He's a Nazi. Yeah. He's, just because he's, he's O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah, it's him. That's, you know, all these Jerry. comedy all these comedy tours going away. It's yeah. a perfect cover. On the road, yeah. It's on the road. Jerry's too normal to be a comedian. These comedians, they're sick, sick people. Exactly. <laughs> and O'Brien, he's scheduled to make his first public appearance at the Paramount, which is adjacent to Madison Square Garden. Uh, Kramer and Elaine dive into the limo, and all four of them get out when Tim and Ava pull out their guns at the protest. George is placed in front of the news teams identified as Donald O'Brien at the rally, where there are followers and protesters. <laughs> Similar to the modern day, you know, you got your uh, and you know your anti-fascists, and then you got your uh, yeah white supremacists, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Kind of mirrors. I know yeah, it's like the modern events, day, doesn't it? Yeah, it yeah. does. It's scary, huh? Yeah, it's scary. That's it. A bit of trivia about the episode. Uh, the character Ava, he's, she's named after Eva Braun, Adolf Hitler's girlfriend turned wife. Of course. Yes. And the Chicago Bulls actually played the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden two weeks prior to the episode being aired. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. I guess that was a pretty common rivalry back in the day. Bulls and Knicks. Yeah. Jordan. For sure. Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing, Scotty yeah. Scotty Pippen, Horace Grant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was this Luke, Luke Longley? Longley yeah, yeah, the Aussie just, bloke. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was in the center. Chicago, yeah. Yeah, he was part of the um the three peat. Yeah, oh, no the 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 double three peat. I think some of that. Yeah, yeah. I played NBA Jam when I was a kid. I know okay. I know them all. The nineties, yep. <laughs> the nineties players. I don't know any. Well, I think I know Kyrie Irving, LeBron James. Yep. Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry, Stephen Curry. I'm not sure. And that's all I know. Yeah. yeah that's really Kobe Bryant. Alan Iverson, is he still a player? I think he retired. Okay, Kobe yeah. Bryant. Yeah, I think he's... To me, to me, Kobe Bryant's still a rookie. And then you got Shaq. Probably... Yeah, that's true. Well. Like, yeah, like Shaq's only been playing for three years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like Orlando Magic in LA. Yeah. In LA Lakers, that's it. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's that's still basketball in this day. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, my knowledge of NBA is great. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> If you want to tell us a bit about NBA, let us know. I'd be <laughs> if curious. If you want to tell us how shit we are at NBA knowledge, yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome, yes. Uh, <laughs> other characters include uh, Dan the protester who's friends with Elaine. Uh, she, he's played by Harley Venton. And uh, news anchor Jody Baskerville appears as herself, reporting on O'Brien at yeah. the protest. And we've also got the uh, the man at the airport, the first secondary character who appears. Yes, yes. So who, do you know who he's played by? No, I didn't catch the actor's <gasps> name. No credit. Yeah. No credits. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Nice. All right, so shall we get into Tim and Ava? Yeah, why yeah. not? I, I've put them as one character. Okay. Because I figure, you know, they're both devote followers of, you know, the Aryan Union. Yeah, so they're kind of like uh, Bob and Cedric. Yeah, they are. You know, just sort of, yeah, one character. Are you talking to me? <laughs> are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Yeah. We actually talked about them a bit last week. We and, did, the uh, Puerto Rican Day. Yeah. We sure and, did. Uh, and in more detail in our very first episode, The Soup Nazi. Yes, our pilot episode. So indeed. if you haven't listened to that one yet, <laughs> give it a whirl. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So Tim, he was played by Peter Krause. He's actually known as playing Nate Fisher in Six Feet Under. Okay. One of the main characters. I only saw the first season of Six Feet Under. Mm. I really liked it. Yes, he's one of the, uh, I think one of the family guy members who works at the funeral. Okay. Yeah, he played him for like five, six seasons or however long he was on for. I only remember, the, the thing I mostly remember is Michael C. Hall playing the younger brother. Yeah, he yeah. Played, he was Dexter and I love Dexter. That's right, yes. Yeah, but yes. I don't remember a lot of it. But yeah. I, I know it's one of those shows that I have to watch eventually. I know, and the ending's really sad. Okay. Like the final scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tears. Yeah. Tears. 
<laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. But anyway. A show about a funeral home, like, it's going to be dark. It's going to be dark, yeah. Um, he's also appeared in the series Parenthood and the Jim Carrey film The Truman Show. Okay. And uh, Ava, she was played by Suzanne Schneider. She hasn't, hasn't had too many uh, acting credits for the last 20 years, which is very interesting. Mm. Her last main film role was in 1999. Um, but she has been known for the 80s film Weird Science and The Return of the Living Dead 2, I guess, a George Romero film. Weird Science. Great film. Yeah, I've never seen it good cult sort of nerdy film nice yeah cool it's about two i think like two young guys who create a computer program and it comes to life right yeah and i think she plays the woman it's sort of like a like a computer program nerdy fantasy oh of like right. this fantasy like sexy woman <laughs> yeah beautiful i'll have to check it out yeah it's pretty good yeah yeah cool so tim and ava look i put them as one character do you have notes just for separate like yeah, tim, I, tim and ava? I, yeah okay. I i yeah. i dove dived pretty deep you did um for each of them so okay cool yeah all right tim what do you got well the the thing that i noticed mostly about him is that he's pretty cool he's yeah sort of, like he's sort of cool under pressure he seems very observant like, yeah, you know, kind of like watching and observing and figuring things out. Do you know he kind of who he kind of reminded me of? Mm. John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, They're just like those cool cats. Yeah, know? just kind of remind me of them. Yeah, just yeah. only says what's necessary. Yeah, yeah. You know, seems like alert but not alarmed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I thought, well, he obviously knows how to use firearms. Uh, of um, course. I think he's killed before. Yeah. I think he's a. I a, yeah. Yeah, I assumed that maybe. Uh, in his past, he was a cop, or maybe okay. in the army. Yeah, because he seems to be pretty skilled, and he seems to be cool under pressure. You know, like when um when the tire blows and yeah. they think it's a gunshot. You know, he's sort of in control. Yeah, he, he comes back he and goes, "Oh, it's just a flat out. tire." Yeah, 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 yeah. Which would make me think that he's either been trained, you know, in some professional way. Yeah. I am going to guess that he's obviously a racist cop. Maybe he was kicked out of the police force for for police brutality on African Americans or Hispanics or something. Yeah, yeah. just just being a racist piece of shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think he was sort of shamed publicly and then he sort of defected from the mainstream and yeah. I think he sort of went underground and sort of mixed in white supremacist circles. Yes. Um, and then he listened, he looked at O'Brien's work and he was impressed. Yeah, I think I think he sort of, you know, um, basically I think he's a professional bodyguard for, you know, for, for extremists, maybe white supremacists. I think that's, he's kind of like maybe, not a mercenary, but... You know that's that's how he makes his living and gets paid. Yeah, right. To protect high-profile targets. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I had him as he was either um, like a cop mm. as well, or mm. maybe uh, yeah, he was probably um, a bodyguard of some sort. I, I had that kind of thing too. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's obviously been trained in some way professionally to like handle firearms. Yeah. And deal with you know potential sort of violence um, and remain in control and. I, the reason I thought maybe Army as well is that when George, you know, sort of like pulls him up and, you know, puts him in his place, he's very respectful of his commands. Yeah. So maybe he still respects that sort of chain of command, which, yep. you know, made me think military or cop. Yeah. Because obviously he doesn't know who O'Brien looks like. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. he's got to assume it's him. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he respects O'Brien's sort of commands, um, even though it's just George. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, it's very lucky as well. Like the final scene, you know how, how the protesters are moving the car? They're like pushing it and stuff. Mm. Yeah, they pulled out, pulled out their guns. It's yeah. lucky the four of them are still alive. Yeah. And I reckon they didn't shoot because they were surrounded by everyone. Yep. So if they shot, like four people did. Yeah. And yeah. they saw it. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, Jesus!" Yeah, I, that's what. And, yeah, and that's again, what I thought. I thought the four of them are lucky to be alive. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Holy shit!" Considering uh, Jerry and George were sort of toying with their own lives. Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Jerry wasn't treating it very seriously. No, he was making a few jokes. Um, <laughs> one thing as well I noticed about Tim is that 
uh, towards the end, he's, you can sort of see that he's figuring out that something's something's off. Um, even from the start, he's a bit sus on, on... I don't know, he just sort of gives some facial expressions yeah. sometimes. He says, you don't look like an O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, he's sort of... He's, so again, like maybe he was a cop because he's sort of investigative and curious and stuff. Yeah, maybe a detective yeah. or something. I don't know. So yeah, a former, former professional... Racist cop. Racist cop yeah. or army guy. Probably defected, yeah. um, you know, sort of from the mainstream... Um, I made a note as well. It's a bit sort of left of center. Maybe he became like a survivalist. Um, okay. There, are, there's a group of people in America, and they follow what is called what they believe is called the True Constitution. Right. They believe it's like it's a load of crap, and it's been debunked <laughs> many, many, many times over by historians and and yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But they believe that what is known as the Constitution is sort of a forgery or a or a um like a redaction of the true constitution yeah and that basically the true i don't know what the true constitution apparently has <laughs> but it's a different version of the constitution and they sort of believe in it but it's just a load of garbage are they those dudes who buy like nuclear shelters and stuff yeah you know? basically and they set up bomb shelters and yeah, yeah they have yeah. like six months supply of baked beans and yeah in the yeah they they, they they build underground bunkers yeah that's it yeah because, those people yeah, yeah and a lot yeah, of them are like yeah. sort of um like militia Guys yeah, and yeah, stuff. of course. Yeah, they wear like the camos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because they think that you know the the sort of apocalypse is coming. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and they've got a lot of links to like white supremacist organizations and all there those sort of things. So that's how yeah, we, that's so, how we got in. Yeah, so I think yeah. you know I sort of was thinking along those lines. Maybe maybe his part. Of, maybe he probably mixes in those circles in some way. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. What did you have for Eva? I think with Eva, I don't think, I think. She she never like unlike Tim she wasn't a police officer or anything. I think she stumbled across it. I think maybe she grew up in like maybe a majority African American neighborhood or maybe Hispanic neighborhood or something, and she felt like the minority, mm-hmm. you know. And then you know she got picked on. Yep. You know whatever something came up, and then when she was older, she found O'Brien's work and thought, "Wow, I'm oppressed." Yep. Or maybe, you know, some people, you know, especially like ultra-nationalists, you know, when there's immigrants that come to the country, they feel like the minority. They feel like, oh, yeah. the immigrants are taking over. They took our jabs. They took our jabs. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah they, those future people. Yeah. Um, I think she probably, you know, after all the apathy she had towards them and everything, I think she probably t- tried to turn to something to try and think there's got to be another way or a solution or there's got to be something. And I reckon she found O'Brien's work. Definitely. That's yeah, she just stumbled across it. Yeah, that's pretty much what I had. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I made a point of, it seemed like she was a bit lost in life. She's lost in life, yeah. You know, well, just a bit sort yeah. of directionless and a bit jaded with... Yeah. Or, she, or she lived in, like like I said, like a multicultural area with a lot of immigrants and she felt like the minority and maybe her parents were probably racist or, yeah. you know, prejudice and yep. she grew up with it as well. And yeah. Yeah, I, maybe. I, Who knows? If, if, her, if, if her parents were, you know, racist or prejudiced in any way, I don't think they were as extreme as her. They probably just had those sort of, you know... Those, those undertones. Sort of, yeah. But I think she like, was the same too. I think I think she just had those those feelings, those unconscious uh, feelings of racism. Not sure. like, you know, like, what do they call it? Subconscious bias or something? Yeah. What do they call it? Something uh, like that? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and then I think since reading the O'Brien's work, she just thought, oh, and then suddenly all just come out. She's like, ah, yes, there is a way. Uh, The big game. Okay. The big game. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Don't forget, kids. It's just a game. Zionist. Just a game. Just a game. Yeah, Yeah, just remember that, kids. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like the theories of Zionist elite Jews Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. and Okay. You know, whitewashing. Yeah, you know the US and Europe. You know, yeah. No, you're not whitewashing, but yeah, you know they run they run the financial system. Yeah, yeah, flooding, flooding the white the Western 
countries with immigrants. You know, uh, you know all, all these crackpot theories. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I sort of had a similar similar set of ideas that she was a bit lost. Um, yeah, she's obviously deluded about yeah. the way the world is. And you know who she reminds me of as well? Do you remember Brian Jones? Uh, he was like the cult guy. Yeah. And he created Jonestown. Yeah, I know and the then band, they drank the Brian Jones. Don't say massacre, yeah. yeah. But it, it was Brian Jones who was they like drank a cult. The Kool-Aid. Yeah, the Kool Aid. Yeah, that's right. it. Yeah, okay. she kind of reminds me of one of those devout followers. Yeah, like, they were really brainwashed and devout. Like, and to the point where she said to George, aka O'Brien, she said, "I'll do anything for you. I would die for you. Die. Oh, Did she you know, say like that? Charles. Yeah, die for you. Yeah. Like you know, even like Charles Manson's followers. Yeah, like." They're just brainwashed and fucked. Yeah. And they do literally anything for Charles Manson. Yeah, like for sure. Kill, like they did. Yeah. You know, I think she was she was at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's she was just a... so brainwashed by all the propaganda yeah. that she took it as gospel. I mean, as soon as she got in the limo, she's just awestruck. Yeah. She's yeah. starstruck as if she's yeah. met, you know, well, she's met her biggest hero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's obviously a sexual attraction there as well. Of she's course. Very, she's very turned on by the idea of O'Brien. Oh, yeah, but not, not George's looks. No, 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 no. no. Just, just his power and influence. Yeah, that's like it. George, George could have been anyone. Just the concept of O'Brien, obviously, you know, revs her engine. Oh, it sure does, so yeah. to speak, yes. Um, and she's actually a bit creepy. She's very forward towards O'Brien. I she mean, is, George yeah. is lapping it up. Because, oh, he's loving it, you know, yeah. Because it's George, but... Attractive girl. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then Jerry's like, but she's a Nazi. <laughs> I think she likes me. She's a Nazi. Uh-huh. So I can good. I can just like see the cogs turning in George's head. Like, how can I reconcile this attractive woman being <laughs> attracted to me, but also her being a Nazi? Like, can I can I make this work? Yeah, okay. you know, <laughs> like George would do that. Like, he'd try and figure out a way to, yeah, like, yeah. you know, put her Nazism aside. Yeah, just exactly. so he could sleep with her. Oh, uh, yeah, creep. yeah, um, yeah. That's pretty much all I had about about Tim Ava. and Ava. Yeah, yeah, cool. for sure. Cool. What about Dan, the protester? Um, yeah, just, just I reckon he's just a super nice guy. That's yeah. the first night I had super nice guy. And she know he knows Elaine as well. Yeah. Could have been ex partners or maybe just yeah. friends of friends or whatever. Yeah, they just seem to have this like really easygoing, sort of, you know, friendly interaction. Yeah. And if Dan was in like the modern era, he'd be Antifa. For sure. <laughs> or yeah. left wing a left wing protester. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying all left wing are Antifa, but I know, you know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, he'd he'd that would be the side that he would take. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that he's sort of a bit of a not not like a a slacktivist, but not like an extreme activist either. Somewhere in between. Like yeah. you know, he'll walk in protest marches. You know, if 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 social media was around, then he'd put stuff on Facebook. But I don't <laughs> like think a I'd... social justice warrior. Yeah, like the most extreme caricature of an SJW. Yeah, maybe, yeah, but yeah. just not 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 um. You know, he wouldn't put on a a, a balaclava and like throw Molotov cocktails at, at you know a capitalist <laughs> and I cover his face and cover his face and stuff while he's on his iPhone and he's got his Starbucks latte in the other hand. Yeah, capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he would be that sort of uh, that devout, but yeah, yeah. I think I think he would be a bit of an online sort of slacktivist, I guess. Yeah, or, or hacktivist in this yeah. day and age. Yeah. Well, well, hacktivists are computer hackers. Oh, oh, the right. Slacktivist yeah. is like an activist who you know espouses opinions. But doesn't do a lot. Doesn't take it. Oh, that's what I you thought. Know, that's doesn't, what an activist was. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, no, no. Hacktivists, cool. like anonymous, they're hacktivists. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, nerd, nerd activists, basically. <laughs> nerd activists. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, Dan was played by Harley Venton, and he's known for Sleeping with the Enemy and Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. Movies yeah. from the nineties, I think. Uh, I believe Clear and Present Danger is. I don't know the other one. Sleeping with the Enemy. I've heard of it. Yeah, me too. Probably a nineties movie. Yeah, probs. Yeah. Do you have anything about the limo driver? Limo driver? No. He's just a typical limo driver. I I don't think he you know knew who O'Brien was. Yeah, there was you know? a bit of a joke about you know they were confused about whether whether um 
whether he could hear them, but I don't think he could. I don't think he could. No. And usually the limo drivers don't know who they're picking up. Yeah. They usually just get the name and the address and yep. whatever, and then just pick them up. That's it. Yeah, so he probably wouldn't wouldn't have known what was going on. No. No. Um, Do you think he would have been... I have a theory that maybe he was one of his followers. Well, yeah, I've got something similar, That's actually. That's what you're going to say? So yeah. Before we get into the character, though, I just want to mention he's played by Jeremy Roberts. Yep. Um, he's an actor known for The 13th Floor. He was actually in The Mask, funnily enough. Oh, what did he play? Did you uh, I think he played one of the um, bouncers to the nightclub that, oh. you know, that a lot of the movies set in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, he wasn't a major character. <laughs> no, no. Um, and he was honorably discharged as a sergeant in the United States Marine Corps. Oh, and that's nice. Um, he served uh, in the Vietnam War. Oh, good for him. Yeah. And after the war, he um, became a, a well-known theatre actor. And nice. then, yeah, became the limo driver on the limo. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. a good credit. Yeah. Um, the only th- sort of things I have about him, he seems very professional, you know, I'd say like a, a lifelong limo driver. Yeah. Kind of like the cabbie from last week, you know, like he'd been doing it for a while. He knew it back to front. Pretty low key, you know, didn't doesn't really say much. And... Back to your point before, or back to your question. I think he is maybe vaguely aware about, yeah. about who O'Brien is. Like, yeah. you know, we'd heard rumors about this guy visiting New York. Exactly. And, you know, he's a white supremacist. Yeah. And I don't think he would follow his beliefs, but just have a curiosity. About, yeah. Because there's, you know, like O'Brien is an enigmatic kind of person. Mm. Um, you know, no one's ever seen him before. No yeah. one's ever seen a picture. Yeah. He, he He's obviously sort of an underground guy, but highly influential in that sort of world yeah um yeah and if the limo driver was aware of who he was i think he would have had a distant curiosity but not maybe not a follower okay yeah. fair enough yeah. did you did you maybe think that yeah no i thought that too yeah okay yeah similar. No, but, okay but not a follower no not a follower no he just yeah. someone you know he's just he's probably been doing limo driving maybe it's just a side job and then yep. he just picked up a guy called o'brien o'brien okay. could be anyone yeah you know and okay. then you just picked him up and yeah and then he was told to pick up two of his mates and that was it yeah yeah, that's it. The other people in the party. Yeah, in the party. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. The only other um, notes I had were about the man at the airport um, in the uh, opening scene where George is asking for the time and the guy's waiting for his bag. I, d- I just love this character because he sort of has this mid-Atlantic waspy yeah. sort of uh, accent about him. Yeah. And he's like, there's a clock on the wall. There's a clock on the wall. It's over there. You, you were saying off air he sounds like the guy with the big chin. Yeah. In family in, guy. In family guy. Yeah. The, and big, the, the, big, the, big, the big bottom jaw. The, yeah. the massive overbite. Yeah. Like not, not as... Overbite. Not as sort of like wasp. Uh, underbite, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just sort of reminded me of that. I The only thing I, uh, other than that, uh, is um, he's obviously got very big, bushy eyebrows. Yeah, he does. And, and I've decided he's a doctor. Okay, doctor. Yep. What are you, some kind of nut? <laughs> That's the best line. Yeah. And then George is like, we live in a society here. Yeah. <laughs> it is a good line. I like yeah. that little scene. I think he says that a couple of times. Yeah, he said it He said mm. it before. I think he yeah. says it in the, the Chinese restaurant. I think he does too. Yeah. And another reference to a future episode of Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. He talks about, um, you know, when Jerry says to George, I think we should run out of the limo, you know, mm. or whatever. George is like, oh, I've done my hamstring. And Jerry goes, how did you do your hamstring? Oh, you know, I stayed in a motel and my sheets were tucked. And, you know, you're trying to untuck them and I did my hamstring. Yeah. In the trip, parts one and two, which we did an episode for in season one, Mm. George asked for his sheets to be untucked. Yep. Put Mm. me down for a tuck. For a tuck. No, for a no tuck. For a no tuck. Yeah. Actually, it changed my mind. Put me down for a no tuck. No, no tuck. Yeah. So I think that's a reference to the trip. Yeah, right. Because George loves his uh, sheets tucked. And that was season the end of season three and the start of season four. That's right, yes. So it wasn't very many episodes after this one. That's right, yeah. So, See, um, it was a season four premiere trip, parts one and two. Yeah, that's true. Mm, and this had like another two or three. No, it wasn't it the end of season three and the start of season no, four? No, the end of season it? three was the keys. Ah, so that's when Kramer 
leaves for LA. Yeah, but oh, yeah, it of hangs. Course. Yeah, right. and then and then Jerry um, finds him on Murphy Brown. Yep. in like a cameo, and then yeah. they go to LA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was good. I thought the trip part one was the end of season three. No, no, no. Of, okay. No, yep. part one and two are season four. Okay, episodes one and two. Yeah, but it's funny how there's a reference to another episode. Yeah, nice mm. pickup. Yeah, nice thanks. Pick up. That was yeah. Good. Um, and that's all I had about any of the secondary characters. Did you have anything else? No, that was all. That yeah. was all the characters that I had. Yeah, but yeah, a good, a good set of characters. Not many, not as many as last week. <laughs> no, no. But um, yeah, really cool. I yeah, liked them all. Really cool. Yep. And when we come back, we'll find out if the limo is in our top 10 episodes so far and if any of the secondary characters that we've mentioned, are they in our top 10? You'll find out. You're on, but I don't want to be a secondary character. They're shooting! They're shooting! All right, get down. I'm ready to die for you. Oh, that's, that's really very nice of you, Anna. Thank you. But of course you know I would. I would do anything for you. Anything. Nothing to worry about. It was just a flat tire. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. It is our ninth episode of Season 2 of Bidwell Bask, and today we spoke about the secondaries from The Limo, Season 3, Episode 19. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. Yes. And you're probably wondering, do you have any secondary characters from The Limo in your top ten, Ivan and Stephen, as we do every week? Well, for me, my top ten remains the same. Okay. My top ten remain the same as well, but I did want to give an honorary mention to the man at the airport. <laughs> what are you, some kind of nut? That's my favourite line. <laughs> yeah, there's a clock over there. There's a clock over there. I'm getting more and more waspy as the sounds, podcast goes in. Sounds like you live in Brighton. Yeah. <laughs> Brighton in Melbourne. Yeah. Fancy, it's a fancy suburb in Melbourne. Yeah. it's His accent and his... Just this whole sort of energy reminded me of Fraser in a way. Oh, yeah, Just yeah. Just sort of like snobby, half English, half American, mid-Atlantic, waspy kind of guy. Right. Yeah. Um, he, if I had a top 20, he would be number 12. Cool. Number 11 was uh, last week's uh, Maroon Golf. Yeah, for the Puerto Rican day. Yep. Yeah, and then the top 10 remain the same. Number one being Elton Bennis, Elaine's dad. Yeah, cool. And if you listen to our episode last week, I think you uh, gave us your top 10. Yeah. I haven't given mine for a few weeks, so I'll mm. give my top 10 now. Sure. Uh, number 10 is Helena from The Trip, parts one and two. Number nine, Sid Fields from The Old Man. Number eight, Bob and Ray, a.k.a. Cedric from The Super Nazi and Puerto Rican Day. Yep. I think that's our first double up. Yeah, I think it is too. Our first double appearance of a secondary character. It's good. Number seven, Lloyd Braun from our What's the Deal With episode. Number six, Mary Cantati from The Baby Shower. Number five is Lieutenant Bookman from The Library. Number four is Newman from What's the Deal With Newman. Number three, Susan from What's the Deal With Susan. Number two is The Super Nazi from The Eponymous title and number one my man jerry stiller he's reigning supreme in my top 10 frank costanza what's the deal with the seinfeld parents awesome yeah and uh did the limo uh jump into your top 10 episodes ever it did okay out of 20 or, uh, top 10 episodes so far i should say so far yes out of 22 episodes that we've reviewed the secondaries for not including the what's the deal with ones of course i've put the limo at number seven awesome yes so, yeah, the limo is a great episode. And yeah. I remember you said that it, it was a good one. And I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I watched it again. And I thought, yeah, it's pretty, very well written, actually. Great episode. Great, con- well, concept is a bit controversial. But yeah. it's just it was just really well done. Really tight. Really tight, yeah. yeah. Uh, my top ten are the library. Number nine, the smelly car. Number eight, the Jimmy. Number seven, the limo. Number six, the pony remark. Five, the Hamptons. Four, the bizarro Jerry. Three, the soup Nazi. Two, the puffy shirt. And one, the outing. Okay. Yes. How about you? 
Well, I'll go through my top 10. It did appear in my top 10. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Here cool. we go. Here we go. So number 10 is the library. Oh. Number nine is the millennium. Oh. Number eight is the smelly car. Oh. Number seven is the outing. Oh. Number six is the subway. Oh. Number five is the apartment. Oh, shit. Number four <laughs> is the pony remark. Oh, no. So you were on the money last week. It does appear in my top three. I predicted. Oh, your top five. I predicted. Uh, you said top three last week. Oh, I said top three, did yep, I? Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh. Take a guess. Where? Number one. Number three is the baby shower. Ah. Number two is the steakhouse. Ah, I told you number one. Number one is the limo. Ah, my favorite episode the limo so, far. so far. Yep. Love yeah. it. Yeah. You number, win. Number one. Here, have a space pen. Oh, cool. And you can have it the... It writes upside down. It writes upside down. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. In case you're wondering what that was, I'm handing Ivan a space pen. Yes, which we won in a Seinfeld trivia night a couple of... Uh, three months ago. Was that June? Three and a half months ago. June. It was June, yes. Yeah. Early June. Yep. Yeah, that was fun. It was. Yes. And Indeed. we're going to another trivia night very soon. In November, November. Yes. Yeah, Simpsons worlds are and, colliding. Yes, Simpsons and Seinfeld trivia held by Seinfeld's Best Bits and Four Finger Discount. Yeah. Who to, do the Simpsons podcast. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a bunch of uh, Melbourne guys. Yeah. yeah, we'll see Mitch and Dando and everyone else. Yeah, should yeah. be fun. Should be great. Indeed. Um, I have a couple of Seinfelds this week. Oh, Seinfeldisms. Seinfeldisms. What yeah. did I say? Seinfelds. Seinfelds. <laughs> yeah, there's I'm Jerry so... and there's <laughs> and, and there's, there's Morty yeah. and there's Helen. That's true. Yeah, and um, Seinfelds. Seinfelds. And uh, Leo. Oh, Leo. Yep. Hello. And, and Cousin Jeffrey. That's true. From the Parks Department. That's true. Mm. So on Friday night, uh, I was out in Melbourne. I was out in Carlton. I was at a pub with a few friends having some dinner. Good. And uh, I was in a booth and I was drinking some alcohol and I got a bit bit, uh, bit jolly, a bit tipsy and I overheard three young men sitting beside me talking about Seinfeld and uh, I overheard some of their comments and they were mostly talking about just sort of like general Seinfeld knowledge about how Larry David went on to write Curb Your Enthusiasm and da 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 da. Yeah. You know, they're obviously just sort of casual fans, not, not too sort of... um nerdy i guess like us uh so yeah i kind of tuned out after a while because it was a bit boring and then they started talking about uh certain genres of music and i'm pretty opinionated when it comes to music so i chimed in um and had a bit of a chat to them and i um forced them to subscribe to our podcast which was very awkward at gunpoint too. at gunpoint yeah like tim and ava that's it perfect yeah yep, yeah yep, good yep that's how you do it. That's how we get all our subscribers. Yeah, yeah, I just I just go out in the street and terrorize people. Good. Subscribe, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Subscribe so if, or burn in hell. Yeah. So if you <laughs> if you were actually kind enough to listen, hello, and uh, it was nice to meet you three. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, get in touch. Drop us an email, bidwithuspodcast at gmail.com. That's it. Yeah. And uh, I've got another one as well. So today I was listening to a couple of podcasts at work and very weirdly, two podcasts, I think I listened to five or six uh, two of them had Seinfeld mentions. Okay. Yeah. That's like last week with, what's it called, Rocket Time? Uh, Laser Time. Laser Time. Yeah. yeah. So I was listening to a podcast today. Um, it's called uh, Sex with Emily. And it's just it's just a woman who is like a sexologist, a sex oh, advice right. person. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, it's like, not like, are you it's sure not, this was a podcast? Yeah, it's not a recording of her having sex. It's like a anything. webcam no, show no, no, or no, something, no? No, no, no. no, no. no, no. One of those She's like, a, yeah. like an advice person. Yeah. Um, and in the intro, I noticed, and I've been listening to it for a while, but I'd never noticed, um, there's actually like a tiny little Seinfeld quote in the intro. Um, ah. Yeah, which is cool. Um, and I can't remember the other one. But uh, yeah, there you go. A couple of Seinfeldisms. I feel like Seinfeldisms are becoming more and more um, common again. Yes. After a bit of a dry spell. Yes. Well, it is our lives, basically. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully uh, there's more and more every week. Yeah, fingers crossed. That's it. Yeah. 
Um, and also, our, we had a campaign called the Seven Degrees of Separation, uh, where we asked for people named Seven or Soda to get in touch with us. It didn't have to necessarily be you if that was your name. If you knew someone by the name Seven, let us know. We had a few people respond. And, uh, yeah, we just wanted to say thanks for getting in touch. And, uh, yeah, we just didn't get as many as I thought, actually. I'm To be perfectly honest, I'm surprised we got anyone. Yeah. I mean, you, you said there are only 1,400 people named Seven? In the United States. In the United States. Yeah, registered, yep. Yeah, and considering a small, you know, that's a small amount of people, um, yeah, I'm surprised we even got any, yeah, which good. is awesome. Yeah, so thank you very much for getting in touch with us. Yeah, and it was a fun little thing to run. It sure was. Yeah. Um, oh, I did the mic drop, literally. <laughs> you did. We're done. That's how we end now. We That's just, how we, we end. Just just go, you just yep. hit do. It's like, thanks for getting in touch. <laughs> done. That's it. Done. That's it. Yeah. And uh, that wraps up another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Yes. And next week, we're talking about Season 5, Episode 17, The Wife, which has Courtney Cox from Friends in it. It does. Plays Jerry's girlfriend. Good Jerry's episode. pretend wife for the dry cleaner. Good episode. Good F. I can't wait to get into that one. Indeed. So thanks for listening to us again. Yes. And uh, if you want to get in touch, our social media handle is at Bidwabask. Uh, we've got an email address, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. And also we're at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C for our social media stuff. I already said that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Ah, there we go. Bidwabask.com is our website. You can stream all of our things. Did you say that? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? Oh, there you go. No. Nope. I think I, I lost it. I was like, what? Yeah. There you go. Oh, well. Too busy thinking about Courtney Cox. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just... Mm. No, she's, she's, she's attractive. attractive. It's fine. Yeah, she yeah. sure is. Yes. yes. <laughs> and Monica on Friends. Oh, oh poor. Stunner. Get out of here. Stunner. Anyway. Total. Yes, indeed. Yep. Anyway, listen also to our review of Jerry Before Seinfeld, the latest Netflix comedy special starring Jerry Seinfeld. That's a separate podcast. So when you download this one this week, you'll get that one as well. Indeed. Yes. Good. So, oh, really? Yeah, so thanks again, and uh, we'll catch you on next week. Next week. Bye for now. Bye.